You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Every Sunday is a good Sunday to be here, but today we're starting a new series. Everybody, will you stand to your feet if you can? Uh, so I made all the teams. It's a lot more awkward when you got like 30 people in the lobby for pre for prayer. But I was like, you know, let's just go ahead and set the precedent uh, for uh, praise and just for liveliness. My gosh, we're crazy and loud everywhere else. You're loud on social media. Those of you who fasted it, you're going to be loud now again. And you're going and, and I'm going to have to like unfollow you because I love you, but I don't want to see it. Uh, so why don't we get loud right now? I swear I'm going to make we're going to do it seven times or, or I may just make you stand because statistics show that you are 7%. Uh, no, it's higher. It's a lot more focused standing. So we can stand because I can stand all day with the best of you. I'll be the last one standing because that's how I roll. Uh, so right now when I say go, we're going to go ahead and set the precedent for the online later. Let's have some energy. The Bible says to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Told the teams, David danced naked. He, he was kind of not naked, but I'm, I, I exaggerated there. Don't let the truth getting away of a good story, you know, but he was a womanizer. Everybody knew it. He was king. His wife was jealous because she realized, hey, he's, he's okay praising God. That's the type of energy we're going to have. Ready? Set? Go. Thank you, Father, for everything you are. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you are. That is who he is. I guarantee you came in here, you're like, I don't know about this church. Well, Ezekiel talked to some dry bones because God said to talk That's to some right. dry bones. Right. And so I, we're going to have some energy here. Uh, can we just say this together? Say better. better. Series is over, but that truth uh, is, is true in every season. Just say better. better. God wants it for you, for us, for your family, for your church, for our church, every part of your life. Say it again. Say better. 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 So even though a Better Way series is over, we set the precedent for the rest of the year. That is still true. It always will be. And if you want to get out of bed and you don't feel better, just say better tomorrow morning. But faith. Uh, yeah, Connor, I mean, when you get up and feel like Dookie tomorrow, Monday, because you do. We both feel like Dookie. We're going to get mad at each other. It's going to be on Monday. Uh, so anyway, I digress. Uh, faith. Faith. Faith doesn't just happen. Doesn't just happen. Faith is not a goal we reach or a place we get to when we have enough answers to satisfy our questions. That is not faith. We preach that that's faith many times, but that is not faith. Faith is a responsibility. Before I can really uh, talk about faith, I've got to talk about choices. Before I can talk about growing your faith in this new series we're starting today, Compound Faith, I've got to start by talking about compound choices. Tell the person next to you, say, choose it or lose it. Because that's about the truth. Choose it or lose it. Uh, your, 
your decisions will determine your destiny. Nothing else, not your disabilities, not your defects, not your mistakes you made yesterday or 10 years ago or you've been living in 30 years, don't care what it is, your decisions today, tomorrow, the next day, your decisions will determine your life. So before I can really talk about, we can dive in in this series, Building Faith, you got to build your decisions. And so I'm going to pray here in a second. And when I pray, I'm going to say amen. And I may not make you talk to your neighbor again for a moment. Uh, uh, but we're going to still ourselves. We're going we're to kind of stay in our seats if at all possible. If you need to go out, we got people who can help you. We got several places to watch the service. Mamas, uh, people that, you know, I preach heavy. So you may be feeling it for a minute. We want to be our best for everybody. Tell somebody, say, I'm ready to go. We're ready to grow. So, Lord, right now, I ask you to just speak. You don't just speak to me because I'm a preacher. You speak to all of us, and my job is to seek you so that I can have something to say. And, Lord, I ask you to speak in us to receive it in open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're seated, definitely tell your neighbor, ready to go. You're ready to go. I lied. It is the small things that lead to big growth. It's the small things that lead to big growth or major decline, whatever you choose. You can also, if you're taking notes, which I love seeing y'all writing here the last several months, I love seeing y'all taking notes because I know when you want to write something down, you want to remember it. If you saw my notes all week, you realize I take notes too. Um, And so add this to your notes because I came up with it a day ago and it was too late. It is the small choices uh, that lead to big change. It is the small things that lead to big growth And it is the small choices that lead uh, to big change. I want to give you a refresher uh, for all my people that already know the principle of compounding. For my people that you've never heard of compounding and don't know anything about it, you're welcome. Because you can apply it to every part of your life. And if you do, uh, your life will change and will grow the way God has called it to grow. Compounding, we talk about it with money, compound interest. I mentioned it last week to kind of give a teaser for the series. So let's simplify it for you. You ready? I'm going to teach for a second. Nothing from the Bible. I had to really plan this because I'm not a great teacher, especially with money and numbers. Y'all ready? Compounding. You, give a, you save $100, you put it in an investment, and it, it guarantees 5% interest. After a year, you have how much? $105. I, I, I mean, I guess I guess I draw a bunch of me. No mathematicians in this mug. Uh, uh, $105, 5% interest, right? After two years, uh, it will have $110.25, which means that 25 cents was interest that built on the interest. It compounded, it built. Let's go bigger. Uh, if there was somebody on this planet that enjoyed little Deborah so much... I don't know who would do something like this, you know what I'm saying? But they enjoy Lil' Debra so much that they spent $730 a year on Lil' Debra's. I'm not saying, I've never really kept count, but I don't know who would do such a thing. I can tell you one thing, I didn't need none of them at Christmas. And on the fast, I told Garrett, I saw them little doggone hearts in the gas station the first day of the fast. And I told Garrett, I said, there's a good chance on February 13th for Valentine's, I'm going to get me one. 
$730 a year on little Deborah's and you decided I'm going to be more responsible with my life and health. I'm going to put that $730 back. Uh, what would happen is within five years, I suck with numbers. It would be, I had to write this stuff down. Uh, it would be $931.69, not adding anything to it. One year, no little Deborah's. 30 years, you would have $3,155.02. Man, I maybe should have majored in math. Uh, I read all this. I'm just, I just changed little Deborah's. They were talking about something stupid. I was like, little Deborah's are better than that. I'm going I'm to change what it was. Now I'm about to drop your jaw. Y'all ready? Let's go bigger. Let's go bigger. This will relate. Heard this story for years now, and I was reminded of it, so I looked up the video to make sure I was right this week. There was a father who understood compounding and understood how to make money and that it doesn't take a lot of money to make money. It takes uh, good sense and stewardship to compound. So his son turned 18, and he told him, okay, son, uh, you're, when he got his first job, he said, what I'm going to ask you is for the next eight years, I am going to require you to save $300 a month from your paycheck, $150 a paycheck, pull it for the next eight years, put it in the bank. Dad, 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 how's that going to be? And he told me, he said, you'll never, have, you'll, you'll never have to plan for retirement again at 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. Dad, 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 that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, I'll be 27, 28 broke and have $28,000. It's about the sum of the number. He said, no. He said, if you never added to that again, you gave $28,000, 30 years, the market is predictable, up and downs and everything. You can look at it in history. We have predictability. He said, on the conservative end, you would put in $28,000 and you would have 30 years later, $1.8 million. And you only put in $28,000. Compound interest. That's simple enough. I got to make it simple. I just, I just can't go very far in certain areas. Compounding. It is the small things. It is the small choices that will change your life. They will act. Your choices are the most important investments that you will ever make. And good or bad ones will compound. They will build, they will multiply, and they will become you. They will determine your life. When Paul says you will harvest what you plant, he wasn't talking about coming to church and saying, I love Jesus and, 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 and straddling the fence and doing what you want and eating and spending money and, and, and being lazy and not punching the clock. No, you harvest what you plant. Small choices, small changes, small things is what brings it and builds it. And so, if you know better and you do better, your life will be better. I didn't say it'd be easy. It's going to be hell sometimes, but when you go through hell, if you will make the small choices, you will grow through hell, not go through it and be like, I don't want to go through it and I'm dying. No, because you know I'm going to stay locked and loaded. I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to do the small things right and I'm going to come out of hell and I'm going to be better for it and the whole world's going to see his glory through me. Amen. It is the small Choices that bring change in your life. We're looking at the big stuff and end up don't making no change. It is a small. It really is that simple. So this is a message I can really preach because there ain't no reason to overcomplicate it. So say this with me. Clean the clutter. Clean the clutter. Now, say this, but put your 
clean your clutter. Say, clean my clutter. Tell your neighbor, say, not yours. Everybody raise your hand. Online, when you watch this later, I'm telling you, I encourage you to be in the room. Everybody here, if this word speaks to you, if this service, I encourage you to share it, all the broadcast. Say, clean my doorstep, my marriage, my house, my heart, my bitterness, everything. Clean the clutter. And it's the small things, it is the clutter that is crippling your life. It is not, the clutter is the stuff, it ain't how, we, we look at these mountains, it ain't how big the mountain is, it's what you carry in trying to climb it. But you're intimidated by the mountain. You look at the bank account, you look at what the person did to you, you look at what, what you ain't, what you haven't been the last 10 years, what you want in your life and how far you gotta go. And, but it ain't the size of the mountain, you gotta drop some stuff, there is some clutter in your life. It is the clutter, it is the small things that make you indecisive. It is the small things that are crippling you, you worried about your wife or husband leaving you. Oh my gosh, worry about today, Jesus said, it has enough troubles of its own, it's the small things. And your life will change when you start focusing on the clutter and quit focusing on the mountain. You'll get up the mountain if you will learn to, to really be efficient in how you choose your day-to-day -day life. That's why Jesus prayed, give us our daily bread. Not yearly, not monthly. Daily. Day-to-day. -day. And so, we have to clean our clutter here. So, temptation... James says, brother Jesus walked beside him. He understood this stuff. Temptation comes from our own what? Own what? Desires. Not just bad things. Hey, there's some good things that aren't good for you, or aren't good for you this season. Aren't good for you anymore. Because there's some things that may have saved you last season, but they're killing you this season. You ain't adjusted in 10 years. You still doing it like you did 10 years ago. You still parenting your five-year-old and he's 15. You better stop. And it says, temptation comes from our own desires, the dreams, the, not just the bad things, everything. And it says, James says, which entice us and drag us away. Every poor decision or unproductive decision we ever make always starts with complacency and distraction. Every time. And then it turns into deception because you start hiding from people and you hide it from your spouse and, or your friend and before you know it, you burn all the bridges down because we got distracted. We have a ADD culture all around, spiritual. We can't even sleep at night because our mind, our, we dream about our ADD is so bad. I'm talking to myself. I got racing thoughts like anybody. We're distracted. Impulse shop, impulse parent, impulse our schedule and calendar. Uh, that's why you can go to Walmart, set swearing you're going to buy $10 worth of groceries and you bought the whole dang store. You are so distracted by your desires and it's the small stuff, man. James says we're dragged away slowly. It is the temptation. It is the things that we want. It is the stuff that when somebody criticizes you over, you're like, man, you know what I did for you. You know, you criticizing me over this petty stuff. James said it's that stuff that is distracting you. And Solomon said, keep your gaze straight. There's some good things in your life. I want that from God. But you know what? You need to be faithful right now because what you're doing, you're easing. It is 
We, it's not even that there's a lot of people that I, especially that I lead and have to talk to. It's not that they make bad decisions. It's they don't even know what a good decision is anymore because they've been distracted for so many years. You don't even make bad ones. You just don't know a really solid decision and you don't stick to it for long. James says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us. It drags us away. It's the small things. It's the thing. Why are you on my back? I've grown a little bit. I've grown some. It's the small stuff that either changes your life or cripples it. He says, these desires give birth to simple actions. Distractions. Distractions turn into bad decisions. They accumulate. Compound. Because James says, and when sin is allowed to grow when the distraction turns into bad decisions, into dysfunction. I've, I've done this ministry thing long enough that I, I can slip into, I see it faster now, I can slip into default mode, which is dysfunction quick. I can start going through the motions. Man, I have read the scripture the last three weeks more than I have since the fall. Do you know what changed in the fall? We started growing this mug again. When in default mode, it is the desires of your heart that drag you away if you're not careful. And James says, and when sin is allowed to grow, to accumulate, to compound, hey, I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying so hard. It is the small things. It's allowed to grow and accumulate and compound and multiply because the, the good stuff and the bad stuff both multiply. The unproductive stuff, the bad motives. I don't care if you spend your whole life in church and you love Jesus. If you don't choose him every day, your life will not be what his love wants you to be. And when sin is allowed to grow and accumulate, it says it gives birth to death. What does that mean? It's not talking about spiritual death. It's not talking about physical death. It's a general death. What is from the beginning? Jesus didn't just say, I come to give you life. In the beginning, what did God, the principle is God wanted to give Adam and Eve life. It's always been his will. And so what is the opposite of life? Death. What is the opposite of joy at your work? Death. Default. You ain't got no money in the bank trying to pay off credit cards because you, you try to keep up with the Joneses with your kids and buy them everything in the world and before you know it, now you, you're going to be dying with some credit card debt. Death. Death. So here's the answer. Paul says this. I could read it all day, but I got two of them because I can't just read scripture and stay on this one point all day. Paul says, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Solomon says there is a time to keep and a time to throw away. We downsized, bought a new house, you know, all that. We had to, last year, uh, we, had to, we had to put our house on the market. Danny, uh, Danny Vieira sold it for us. And uh, so we had to clear it out. Years of clutter. Years. It's bad. We used to have to like turn down when somebody wanted to bring us something. Because there was just so much clutter. We worked, I mean, it's a, big, it's a 51 square foot house. Can't take the blame for all of it because the house predated me, but I'm just saying it's still my fault too. We had to put this mug on the market, so we had to literally get to work. Me, Angie, Garrett, some kids when they could. He's the only one at home. 
we went to town every waking minute that we had every day we had at home. When we got to work, we'd, we'd work all day. I'm talking about, so what we did, we threw away everything that nobody would want and that we didn't care in the next season. We donated so much stuff because we kind of needed to start over clean because we had a much smaller house. Um, and we also uh, got storage for the stuff that would go to next season because we had to get a rental in between. When we were done, we filled up two 30 trash. Now, this is a trash portion. Two 30-yard dumpsters of trash. Two storage units and so many donations. They came with trucks. They, they didn't realize we were meant business and they had to come back a couple of times to get their donations. The ministries we gave it to. When we got this mug on the market, we were just, it was wide open. Me and Angie were like, oh my gosh. Look at this. We've been stressed out all these years. We get mad Garrett brings home an extra tennis racket. <laughs> Our house, there's space. You don't hit your foot on the coffee table like it's a 600 square foot apartment anymore. We could have done that years ago and had some peace and some comfort and some flexibility in our home. And now Angie and I have committed every year in this house we are going to donate the crap that ain't going with us to next season somebody will like and throw away the rest. Because clutter affects your life. Clutter, you, I, I remember looking at Angie and saying, what are we going to do one day? We're going to leave this to the kids? They all do when we gone because I don't even want to look at this mess. The storage units. So I'm, I'm kind of the hustler of the family. Even the young ones. I, could, I, I don't move nearly as efficiently, but I'm faster than everybody in my family, including Jacob and Brock, who are the, uh, the athletes and the big arms and stuff. But they can't walk with me. They can't move with me. They're just better than me. So Angie's the organizer. So she organized all the junk. I would take road trips, fill it up in my truck, take road trips to the storage room. And so I just packed up this huge, uh, big storage unit. It's a big one. Come back home, I told Angie, I said, I said, baby, I think we need another storage unit. She knows me. She knows that ain't true. So let me show you the picture of me. This is what I did to the storage unit over like several 3 a.m. nights. And this, it looks almost full, right? I mean, there was stuff falling on me. I mean, I definitely got some knots and some blood and some bruises trying to fill this mug up because I just, I just throw it together. I can move just like I work a stage. I can do it just like that. I sleep good and I hurt bad, but I can do it. Angie says, ah, I'm going to go up there. It took about 30 minutes. I took some trash that I wasn't supposed to put in there too. Let me show you what Angie did, the work she did decluttering. Bam! It was like half full because that's how she rolls. She, she decluttered it, their space. We got half a storage unit at the end of the day. That's your life. That's my life some seasons. Chaos. Clutter. And what happens is you have anxiety and you are overextended. You keep accumulating tasks and responsibilities and you put pressure on yourself or where you should be. And this area I'm ahead and this area I'm not. You overwork. You can't work 80, 100 million hours a week until you're 85 years old. I don't care how good you hustle. You're stressed out. And what happens is it is hard to walk by faith when you don't have flexibility. And your life is turned into every part of it. 
My part of it, when I'm getting stressed, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. I'm going to put myself on blast and you. Give me a second. At storage room, man, I'm just throwing stuff and trying to work around it before notice so much I can't even handle. And so what happens in our life is there's this room that God wants to work and use, bless you and make you a blessing. And you literally can't even see where to go, what you want anymore. It's been cluttered so many years. All you do is get up, you run, you're like, huh, huh, huh. Running backs don't even have long careers in the NFL, boys. You got credit card debt up the walls. I want to. I want. I want to be able to take my wife somewhere. We raised five kids. We do, well, that credit card debt's going to be your vacation pay. And what happens is you, you just your life's cluttered. What happens is you, you look at your calendar, you look at your bank account, you look at what you want to build, and all you can think, there ain't, nothing, there ain't nothing I can change. Yeah, none of the big stuff, yeah. Because the big stuff in your life is like, ain't like a bass boat. The clutter is the stuff you can change quick. The big stuff's like a cruise ship. It takes a while. But until you start addressing the small things, God ain't going to open up no doors to handle the big stuff because it ain't the mountains. It's what you're carrying up them. And so what happens is your entire life is this clutter and you love Jesus and you come to the altar and you serve as much as you can and you give to God as much as you can and you wonder why you're so stressed out and the joy of the Lord and the presence of God feels like a lifetime ago and you're getting up, you're praying, you're fasting, you're seeking God, but all you're living in is clutter. It ain't the big stuff. Quit looking at the stuff you can't move. You see what she did to a full storage unit? You can do it to your life today. God will open doors no man can close and open, but you got to clear the clutter first. Or he, We got to, as a church, make room for him to work. That's our job. That's our responsibility. To do everything in order. There is a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to walk away, a time to man up and get the table and do your job and lead. Everything and clutter, it gets us. Trauma, what it does to clutter, I have done this for years in counseling. It's always the same story. And, and they say, I don't even know where to start. Been there too. So what trauma does is you make, you get clutter in your life. You don't need, and, and it adds up. Life happens too, y'all. Life hurts like hell sometimes. So what happens is, yeah, you got a storage unit that's floor to ceiling. It ain't even looking almost full. The mug is full. And what trauma does is you look at this huge room and you're like, I can't. I'm too damaged. I don't even know where to start. So you freeze. You shut down. You stop coming to church. You stop going with friends. You sit at home in your bed or you just buy stuff and you don't even know what you're doing because you gave up. I can't do that. And you know how you do it? Me and Angie, every minute we had. We are still recovering physically from the growth this church had and trying to clear our house and moving the other one. We don't play. She is my type of dysfunctional. <laughs> Baby, I got eight men. I'm telling the truth, ain't I? I can't keep up with her. One section at a time. One piece at a time. One thing at a time. That's how you clean clutter. One move. Small, it adds up, it accumulates, it compounds. It becomes your life or it doesn't. You choose to live in clutter or you don't. 
There's some things that you need to change how you're doing. Can somebody hit that air again? I'm dying up in this mug. It was free. Garrett, I give you permission to leave the soundboard. I'm, this is like, we don't turn on the heat and we're cold in the morning. I think somebody hits it. Eventually this hot breath, it gets hot. All the band wears their sleeves and I get up here. I'm like, dang, now this is beyond hot. Now I know it ain't just me. Dang. Well, I'm trying not to have a heat stroke while I do it. It wouldn't be funny. You or Mark got to get up here and roll with it if I do. He said it's on you, Mark, wherever you are. You need to change some things. Ain't the big stuff. You're exhausted. Last six months, eight months of my life been extremely stressful. Good things. Stressful things. It's stressful what, I, what the responsibility I have. Don't expect anybody to understand it. Some things Angie don't even understand. That's okay. What happened was is me and Angie have been overextended for about a year now. It got to the point we had to call Connor and Allie and some things we were doing with all them. We had to say, look, we got to put this on hold. We're struggling. There's some big things we just can't change right now. But we started changing the small things. Here's just some small things that we do because the big stuff right now is what it is. I do not very rarely now, after flipping out on Angie a few times, I say, I can't keep going to the grocery store, store spending two hours. There is no 30 minutes grocery store trip with me. I'm pastor. And I greeted at Walmart 13 and a half years. It just don't work. Garrett's so mad. I tell him I'll be in and out. He knows, leave the car on for me and, the ra- and your phone so I can listen to the radio. Whatever it is he listens to. So we actually did this whole deliver it to your doorstep. Seems lazy and privileged. Every minute counts for us right now. We also have, if anybody uh, has seen our refrigerator, there is a list. Angie wrote it because it needs to be legible. And, um, and she writes multiple meals that we can get that we can eat multiple days. Because we have decided that there is a couple days a week at least this rain needs to go away a couple of days, we're going to leave early. When I get Garrett, we're going to leave. We're going to warm up some chili that may be three days old, and we are going to walk our neighborhood. The most recharging thing that I do, and I think Angie would do, is Garrett, our seven-foot-tall 14-year-old, will bounce the basketball behind us, and we just hold hands. Even if we don't like each other, we talk, and we actually like each other, walking the neighborhood, and I, be, I get mad when somebody bothers me with him. It's the small stuff that helps you breathe and get through the tough seasons. Here's the one that really got me. One of the last big fights we got in that ended with Angel saying, I'm quitting. You need to find somebody else. That's how we went to bed. I knew she wasn't going to quit, but I, I also try to lay off when she gets to that point and starts yelling as loud as I do. I can't keep up. I'll be preaching like this on Sunday. You know it's because I, I yet try to yell. She said, I quit. Well, nobody want to work for you. No, nobody want to work for you. You're a terrible boss. And that's true some days. I'm I'm definitely not the same pastor I was five years ago. 
I know what I want. I know what it's going to be. And I honestly make decisions because I've done this and, I, and, I've, and I've lost people in ministry and I will not let this thing grow and crush the people I love. And whether you like me or hate me, leave or not, I know what it looks like to have a ministry that outgrows itself and crushes everybody around you and me to be the only one standing. And I want to go home to her the rest of my life. I don't want this to crush her. But I don't handle it well still. And so you know what happens? What happens is um, she told me this. Had nothing to do with what we're arguing about, but boy, it set me in my place. Dang, I got seven minutes left. I ain't even close today, man. I got to get. So um, maybe I should have just preached on clearing the clutter first. So check this out. Angie goes up. Angie goes, and you've been up at the dinner table lately too. (laughs) Can we just get some peace at the dinner table? You find a reason to get on the Garrett. Well, he's got long hair that now he looks under his hair and he ain't even giving me an RBF, but he looks like he is. Let's cut his bangs. That's what I wanted to say. But what happened, she was like, can I get some peace? And you know what I started really thinking about? He hit me because I grew up where the dinner table turned into hell. Bradford's my cousin. He knows. We did, he both did it. So he hit me. I was like, oh my gosh. Garrett and Angie have nothing to do with my stress. So I started looking. What makes me stressed? You know what I did? I found what it was when I was honest. You know what I did? I addressed it. Dealt with it. I've been nice at the dinner table for a couple weeks now. Because what happens is you don't even realize it. The clutter builds up. The stress builds up. And you end up taking it out on the people that ain't got nothing to do with your crap. It is the clutter. It is the clutter. And in your life, you need to address the clutter. You need to tell some people no. You cannot keep going to all these baby showers and birthday parties and weddings and everything. At some point, hurt their feelings or not, it is not sustainable. And you matter more than measuring up to everybody in your life's expectations. You matter. And what happens is the clutter builds up. You're pissed off at the world. Some people walk away from their faith because of the clutter. We're stressed out. We're overextended. We say, yeah, we need to say no to our balls. Oh, I'm glad I work hard for you, but I have a life too. Appreciate everything you've offered, but I'm not going to keep doing this. I need some help and I'll give you a time frame or I'm going to be looking at other opportunities. And you can say it a little nicer, but say it. I deserve a raise, to be honest with you. I ain't got a raise in five years, and I do good work for you. So I need a raise, and, um, and it's a reasonable request. You say it gracefully, but you better say it. You know what I did? I had to, um, we decided last year, last year's our first year, I don't do December weddings anymore. I don't. Angie set the rule, and when she was that passionate, I agreed with her because she said, you can make me the, I was like, boy, she's serious. I do too much at Christmas. It's already, my Christmas is already too much right now. December 2023 is too much. I don't do December wedding. I love you. I may be on the front row at your wedding, but I'm probably not going to officiate it. Terry, Smoke, got engaged. First question I said, Terry, you ain't getting married in December, are you? I'll be on the front row. I dance at your wedding, look like a fool, but we're gonna, I might say, I might have to beg Angie. 
She said I could blame her. We actually changed some things at the church, y'all. Oh, by the way, I don't do much count, as much counseling. Not in this season. There's some people I'm counseling, but anything that I can't counsel, I, I actually got some refer, people I can refer you to. They ain't free, but in this season, that's all we can do. I can't just counsel and preach or I'll crush myself and the church won't grow the way it needs to go. And so here's some other things. You guys have probably noticed a lot of changes at the church. It is clutter because we're making room for what God is going to do here. Here's some other things. We do not lease this facility in November and December. We started that last year. It's been a rule for a while. Because we have a small staff and we do a bunch of outreach, especially in the upper room. And so we can't be moving stuff around when we got a ministry to lead. So for, for weddings and birthday parties, we just can't do it. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't go well this first year, but it had to go. Because you have to clean the clutter in your life, your family, your ministry, your business, punching the clock. You may work for them, but you still make your own decisions. And what happens is, is we get in these situations as a church. I don't know if you noticed, we restructured our whole staff. Jobs, times we're here. It ain't popular to, we had to. I'm here at the office more than I ever have been because I realize in this season, I just can't work at home. I'm gonna lock myself in the office and hopefully people leave me alone when I need some time. But I gotta do what I gotta do. We're building teams now. We're building teams more than ever. If y'all haven't noticed, you volunteers, we communicate to you more than ever. Probably get on your nerves a little bit. We were negligent for a while. Just gonna say, we are communicating to you more. We are changing a lot of things here. Here's another one. You, didn't see, you hadn't seen a drummer in a few weeks, right? Y'all notice that? We don't even make it look pretty anymore. Ain't nothing in it. Ain't no reason to put no lights. Ain't nobody in it. We got two drummers at this church. Mark and Connor. But they ain't just drummers. Me and Connor talked about it. I said, what we do is we squelch the presence of God by people that are worship leaders. God will provide somebody that specializes in drummers, but until he does, we do tracks because we want people leading worship. And Mark and Connor are more than drummers. They are worship leaders. They are communicators. We are going to do less in 2023. We're going to do more doing less. We are not going to try everything. We will be having conversations with certain things that were great hits last year, the year before. We cannot do them this year because we have to focus on the things that we are really good at. And if we try everything, it ends up growing too much to handle and we end up losing in the things we're best at. Amen. So we made some hard moves because we got to clean the clutter. March 5th, we're going to be retraining every team in this church. If you serve here, it is a required meeting for everybody, whether you've been here six years or six minutes, if you serve. The reason we're doing this is not for the church, it's for you too. We need to just not serve. We need to serve better. We want you to have a better experience. And if we're, not, if we're strained and we just let things go and don't follow up and communicate, all our people that are serving will carry a bunch of weight, be pissed. We'll build a church and the people that are building ain't even going to like it. March 5th. Right after church, if you have an emergency, please reach out to your team leader, but we're really trying to do this thing the right way. Your kids don't need to play seven sports. 
You invest so much in your kids, but you're not investing near enough in your marriage. And you ease off the gas little by little and you stop doing the things that made you fall in love and want to do life together. And before you know it, seen it, been in this thing long enough, you end up having, I've seen affairs. Everybody wants to say, oh, wanted money, midlife crisis. No, it was that. They let off the gas, dragged away. Some, they're, they're built a good life together, married 60 years, don't even like each other, know each other that much. Others I've seen, I've officiated funerals and helped families process through grief because they were like, they were so good, but I just didn't know them. And they're grieving and angry because of what it wasn't. Clutter. Invest in your marriage. Quit raising kids and not doing life together. Stop playing video games. Young people, grown people, you don't play video games at 35 like you're 20. If you do, that is clutter. Don't be pissed off about football. Man, 10 years ago, Auburn, I I, I noticed myself getting pissed off about them losing. I did. I did. I'd preach mad. I did. And so in my mind, somebody told me this, didn't like to hear it. They said, you need to do something about that. You know what I did that year? I didn't watch one Auburn football game. I did check the score on Sunday, but I, didn't, I, I was a nicer person because of it. I said, man, that, and, I, and I had to walk by, life's bigger than Auburn football. You know what? Now I walk out of Jordan-Hare Stadium with, with, on some of the most embarrassing losses, and I'm fine because I got my son next to me. We had a great time. We ate a lot of pretzels. He ate a lot of pretzels. They are okay to me. And so what happens is, I'm like, because I made those moves, I've actually seen that life is a lot better whether Auburn or Georgia wins or not, or for me, loses. I'm telling you, man, we got some clutter. And you're never going to be able to have flexibility to see what God wants to do in your life until you start dealing with the small Things. Say that with me. Say, clean the clutter. Stop. Some of you need to. Some of you, some of you need to stop drinking right now. Alcohol may not be their clutter. It's yours, and you know it. You're not yourself. You're not 100. You cut it off right now. Stop playing the field. Stop playing around. Focus on your grades. Focus on your life. Focus on what God has for you. And you need to cut some clutter out. And if you will make the small changes, the, if you will make the small choices better, God will change your life completely. He will open the doors. Say this. Say, clear the room. Clear the room. Look at your relationships. And every one of your relationships, one or two things happen. They either add to your life or subtract from your life. Okay? So you've heard that saying for years, right? We've heard it that your life will be the sum of your five closest friends, right? They actually have done data. We have decades of data on this now. Uh, I reread the article from a couple years ago this week. It is even more deep than that. It is not just your life is summarized and influenced and your growth squelched or expanded by your five closest friends. It's even deeper. It's impacted by your friends of friends of friends, even though you don't know them. Watch this data. Obesity. Here's one. If your friend, your closest friend, if your friend is obese, you are 45% more likely to gain weight over the next several years. If your friend of a friend is obese, you are 20% more likely. 
If you're a friend of a friend of a friend, you may not even know them. You're 10% more likely to gain weight the next several years. Smoking. I love y'all. Smoking is killing our country and killing a lot of young people my age, dropping dead of heart attacks because that's the way we relieve stress. We got smoking sections in this mug because I want you to be here. It's killing you. And quality too. Smoking. Your friends smoke. You are 61% more likely to smoke. Your friend of a friend smokes. You are 29% more likely to smoke. Your friend of a friend of a friend smokes. You are 11% more likely to be a smoker, even if you don't know them. Happiness, that's obvious, right? You got happy friends. You're a happy person, right? A friend of a friend of a friend. Don't even know them that's happy. You are 6% more likely to be happy. You're like, that's 6%. Keep this in context. You get a $10,000 a year raise you get about 2% increase of happiness by that same data. Triple by your friend of a friend of a friend. Your relationships and who you keep company with will drive, determine your entire life. Your entire life. That's why you swear you will never be your parents. And you may not be them, but you'll marry them if you don't forgive them and are bitter. The reason this data is so deep, it's not just spirits, it's norms. There are things that when we, what do you gravitate towards? Who are you attracted to? Because if you will look at your table and the people that speak into your life, it's really not a look into their heart, it's a look into yours. And so we have to clear, Jesus was not afraid to clear the room. We love American hippie Jesus. He was not afraid to clear the room. When he healed, when he raised Jairus's, um, uh, when he raised Jairus's daughter from the dead, it says uh, before he did it, the, uh, then Jesus went into the officials Jairus's house. When he saw the musicians for the funeral and the people stirred up, he said, "Get out, everybody! The little girl is not dead; she's only sleeping." If anybody's telling you some things in your life are dead and they keep speaking to your negativity and they're always draining you, get out. Then they all started making fun of him. But as soon as the people had been put out, Jesus went into the girl's room. He didn't put on a show for the people that were hating. He got them, he cleared the room first. Jesus went into the girl's room, took hold of her hand, and she got up. And the news spread about it all over that part of the country. Bible says, I could quote scriptures all day. Bible says bad, corrupt, bad company corrupts good character. The Bible says you walk, those who walk with the wise will be wise. There are some people in your life that are not going with you to the next level, but you got to still go. You got to still go. You can love them. You can say it. You can tell them, I want you to go. I love you. I love you. I want what's best for you. I want you to go with me, but I'm going to the next level. I'm not going to the bar. I'm not going to the club. I'm not going to keep doing this dumb stuff. I'm not staying at this job for 17 years. God's got better and greater plans for me. And I'm sorry. Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. He didn't look back. He said, I'm going here. Not perfectly, but faithfully. You got to clear the room sometimes in your life. And some people ain't going to go with you. Don't take it personally. Get over it quickly. Not everybody's going with you. 
You got to surround yourself with better people than you. You got to surround. You can love everybody as long as you're able to surround yourself with people who are better than you and feed you. You will go grow empty if you don't have a table of people that are better than you are and, and that challenge you. For the first time in my entire life, I have a room full of people that are better than me. A lot better. They don't, they'll tell me that ain't true. It's true. And they don't say yes all the time. They also don't say no. When this church fell apart, the room cleared. Bradford Williamson worked at, uh, he works at like goes to work about one in the morning. He's meeting me mid-morning at Waffle House. Y'all know me. I don't care who's around. If I feel it, I'm crying. He would, instead of go get his nap, he would meet me at Walmart. I didn't say, well, God, that's a blast from the past. Waffle House. I worked at Walmart for anybody I don't know for years. Um, he would just tell me. He, nothing new. He didn't have to instruct me. He just needed to remind me. He said, he, y'all hear me say nothing's changed a lot? Bradford was the first person, first person to say that, and I just never forgot it and never want to again. He said, what's happening is going to have to happen, and God's going to do in your life what he's always done. You just keep focused. Nothing's changed, Ben. Nothing's changed. Now he's an overseer. There's a group of people that if I become, if I stop growing, they, I'm, they can fire me. I can be removed. This ain't my church. This ain't my church. I ain't entitled to this stage. I get, if, I, if, I, if I need to be removed, there's a group of people that their vote removes me. Bradford, uh, Bradford, two weeks ago, uh, we were talking about some things in the overseer meeting that I was uncomfortable with. It was my pay. I don't like that stuff. And, and, I'm, and I was kind of like, oh. And you know what he did? He talked to me like that since I was 15. He stood up. He said, sit down and shut up. You did. <laughs> you did. He, he, you know, he's 11 years older. So when he was 26, I said that. I, but you know what I did? I got it. You know what I did? I sat down and shut up. I don't think you said hush. I didn't feel like you said hush. But either way, he's a friend. That's who's at my table. Terry Pittman. I was literally, what you see today started with 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. some days. Balling, my, I, I would do a mixture in that office. Glad nobody was here those days, apparently, except Terry. She heard it. I didn't think anybody, nobody's supposed to be here on Mondays then. I would scream at God, cuss really bad, pray in the spirit. God, please help me move this church forward. I am so sorry for the things that I had weak leadership. Please don't give up on me. 4 a.m. bawling like a baby. That was one day I didn't know that she was here till much later. She sent me a text that evening before I left and she said, Ben, she said, there is a lot more for you. And I got your back and, and you're going to see, and I know you're having to make some hard decisions, but the best is yet to come. Had no idea until three days later that she was here the whole time and I didn't come out, I didn't come out that office to pee. It was a tough season. Because <laughs> I couldn't pee. Alvaro Lopez. <laughs> you mean TMI? <laughs> Alvaro Lopez, man. Alvaro has been my friend since fifth grade. We cannot see each other. He ain't high maintenance. He goes to the church. I mean, I, I literally may not hug him a month for a month. Saw him sneak out a little bit ago, I think, but he, he's, he's about to have a baby. He's about to be a daddy. 
I had writer's block. My first, after the room cleared, I had to stand up here to preach and I couldn't write. Y'all, I can always find something to say. I was in my bedroom at the old house, just, I don't know what to say. He just randomly sent me a text. He said, Ben, he told me a story about Adrian Peterson. I'd forgotten. He said, man, he said, Adrian Peterson blew out his knee. They thought his career was over. It's done. That major recovery, it took a while. He said, when he came back, they thought he was done. When he came back is when he broke the single season rushing record. And he said, Ben, that will be Catalyst Church. And I don't know what it did, but it broke me loose. And I began to write a sermon that I think I preached my dang, the brake shoes off that message that Sunday. Didn't even care that this was empty room, bunch of empty seats. I preached it like it was Easter. Surround yourself. Surround yourself with people that aren't afraid to tell. Aubrey will tell me in the lobby, by the way, too, and say, hey, no, you need to stop saying that. And it's kind of something, oh, yeah, you'll do it too, Bradford. I said it, all right. <laughs> Surround yourself. Surround yourself with people that are better than you because your table will define your entire life and God will clear your room sometimes. Same way with Elijah, the brook ran dry where he was getting water ran dry because God was pushing him forward. And there's going to be some things you thought you could never do it by yourself, but you'll find out when God pushes you over the edge that that's exactly what you were going to do. And the best is yet to come. Clear the room. Add and subtract from your room accordingly. I told you on growth month, I was going to give you some next steps. Bible says, Angie said it, iron sharpens iron. You're like, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know how to have these conversations. Here's a start that you only have to have a hard one. Just give yourself some new relationships. Uh, first, next week is going to be a, we're starting this thing. Bradford and Connor have been working on it for months. It's called The Way. After church, uh, we've been, it's, a, it's a new believers class, so to speak. But honestly, it's more than that. Most of the people in our church that have been here a while gave their life to the Lord here, recommitted it. Anybody that just wants to go deeper, every third Sunday, started next Sunday, after church, Connor and Bradford are going to teach a four-part, once a month, four weeks, we'll do it again in the fall, uh, a teaching time and a Q&A time. If you want to go deeper, they have prayed on it. I've seen them meet here uh, several times the last several months, and they are going to teach the basics and also just how to grow closer to God. We've been meet, we got to grow the people in the room. And so there'll be sign-ups when we get out of here today. Go Sign up. Move groups. It ain't too late just because we, it ain't never too late. They'll be, that we got groups. We're growing them. We're going to get more of them. Sign up. Get at a table. You want to open yourself up to new relationships? Open yourself up to new relationships. Serve. If you're not serving here and you're growing here, I encourage you. Start somewhere. Join a team. Join a team. Because it will, cha it will change you and grow you being a part of what God is doing here and knowing that you got some reward in it. There's a start. Tell somebody, say, he just gave me next steps. Your, that was too much. Your decisions will determine your life. Lastly, or second to last, cut the cancer. Cut the cancer. Paul says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Jesus said it this way. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Because that's better than entering hell with your whole body. And the word for hell there was called Gehenna in the Greek. It was not a future place. 
Gehenna was a trash dump that was also where they threw dead bodies that was on fire all the time. Jesus said it is better to go to the next season wounded than to keep living in this sorrowful grave junkyard of a life that has been your cluttered storage room. Jesus, uh, the angels told at the resurrection, said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? My mother, in a tough season of my life, texted me where I just felt like everything was crumbling. But honestly, God was doing some amazing things and clearing the room in my life in that season. And I'm not even saying that mean. Some people are never going to receive certain things whether they need to or not. They're not receiving them from me, and that's okay. But mama texted me. I'll never forget it. I needed it right at the right time. God has a way of doing that. And she said, baby boy, she said, God is cutting some cancer out of your life. She said, but make sure that you let him cut the cancer out of you. Because it doesn't matter if you clear the room and clean the clutter if you don't do it in your heart too. Your toxic traits, your anger, you being mean at the kitchen table for no reason. You telling everybody yes and saying, but they're family, but they're family. It doesn't matter if you make the easy moves. This is the one that matters most. Do not give the enemy a foothold in your life. You can set boundaries and smear everybody's face in it, but if you, don't, if you don't give God and surrender him your heart, it won't even matter. And lastly, remodel. Remodel. It doesn't matter what you clean out if you don't replace it with something. Jesus said when an evil spirit uh, leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Clean the house, right? Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds it. What? Read that with me. Former home, empty, swept, and in order, totally cleaned out. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they all enter the person, the home, and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. It does not matter what you clean out of your life if you don't replace it with Jesus. Diana, you saw her testimony earlier. When she walked in this church, it took her a while. It took her a while to show up regularly. She struggled. She'd actually reach out and have anxiety. Her being on that screen was terrified. She texted me, terrified her this week. And so she began to make changes and clear out some things. She had a good boyfriend, a good one. She even made some space and told him, I got to heal. I got to be whore. I'm going to mess you up and me too. Bet some of you don't do that. But she didn't just make room for God to work. She replaced it. You'll see her here every Sunday when she's not working. She also serves in catechids because it's what you replace in your life. And I want you to see this testimony about how her heart for catechids. 
That is what it's about. Will you stand to your feet with me right now? You can do all of it. You can clear it out. You can make changes. But what do you replace it with? What do you replace it with? You can make all the changes. You can, do, you can go to the gym. You can go on a diet. You can manage your money better. You can have better friends. You can come to church every Sunday. But do you truly surrender and give him your heart and your life and trust him and let your guard down? And here's the thing. There's some things that need to break in your life for you to truly experience him. And until you break out and some things break, excuse me, until you, some things break in you, you will not break out of the boundaries that you had placed on yourself and blame God for. So right now, prayer team, will you come up? I know I preached a little bit longer. We've went a little bit longer, but we can't rush this. The Bible teaches about praying for one another. I got a text from Josh, who's a part of this church, and it put it on my heart teaches it a lot. We just need to come to the altar and pray together sometimes. And so as we are about to worship on this song, I know we're not going to rush it. We'll, be, we'll, we'll take as long as we need. But somebody needs something to break. There was two people come to this altar and worship. I got some addicts that need some things to break. I got some people that you got strained and dead in your marriage. It needs to break. I got some young people that you need to start paying attention to what matters or you're going to sacrifice life into your 30s playing around for what you're doing today. I got some mamas that you are stressed single mamas that you are stressed and right now this when I was a child man when I was a teenager man I found right here some seasons I had to come every season I still the reason I worship right here isn't because I'm waiting to come on stage it's because I found him at an altar when it was my bedroom as a child and it matters so right now I got some mamas, some daddies I got some, I got some, I got some people that you need him, you need something to break, somebody needs to give their life to him today, I don't preach on hell like fear God wants you to experience him today ain't about one day, it's today he wants to do life with you
And so we're just going to worship this song. People are like, I don't want to go through it. I don't want anything to break. He wants to break you to bless you and you've been fighting against it. Clean the clutter, clear the room, cut the cancer, remodel. He'll change your life and your heart. Let's worship. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at iamcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.